All right, guys, welcome back to the How to Human podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your beautiful host. Yes, I'm calling myself beautiful because I need to feel lovely every once in a while. So today's topic is something that is actually going on right now. Um, There is a hashtag on Twitter that is actually pretty relevant to not only my situation, but you know, a lot of family members and a lot of friends who are also on this platform, and that is the hashtag YouTube is over party. Now, a lot of psycho fanatics join these like so-and-so is over parties that have been going on all summer, mostly because they all want attention, but um, sometimes there are actual like real issues that need to be highlighted. Uh, this one in particular is regards to the YouTube platform. And what it's in specific, excuse me, we'll hear while I pull it up on my computer, what it's in regards to in spe- uh, specifically is uh, the terms, maybe not terms and conditions, but uh, kind of the rules uh, of using YouTube as a platform in which to share content that it has the capability of being monetized. Um, many people... Uh, make their living on YouTube. Um, there's very skewed numbers making people believe that pe- <laughs> some of these people are multimillionaires uh, when that's really just like a quarter of a percent of users that have achieved such financial success on the platform. But in reality, most people make a standard living off of YouTube. No more, no less. They just invest heavily into their YouTube channel. Um But what YouTube has started doing is removing advertising monetization from videos that have a specific content to them. Uh, And that includes to, uh, well, I I have it right here and I'll read it to you. Content that is not considered advertiser friendly includes but is not limited to sexually suggestive content, including partial nudity or sexual humor. Sexual humor being kind of a big flag because everybody makes a sex a sex joke. Uh, violence, including displays of serious injury and events related to violent extremism, which can tie into like news channels. Uh, inappropriate language, including harassment, profanity, and vulgar language. I understand the the harassment. That's a huge problem in digital platforms. But everyone says fuck, shit, damn it, bitch. In all of their videos, even the most PC of people like on their vlog channels will be like, fuck, I forgot an ingredient in my cooking channel. You know. Let's see what else. Uh, Promotion of drugs and regulated substances, including selling, use and abuse of such items. Now, that sounds a little vague to me because that could also include like I was addicted to drugs and this is what I did. You know, this is how I sold it. You know, people doing kind of like uh, commentary on their life or reflection videos. Um, Let's see. Controversial or sensitive subjects and events, including subjects related to war, political conflicts, natural disasters, tragedies, and... Oh, I'm sorry. um, Natural disasters, even if graphic imagery is not shown. Now, this one in particular is kind of a huge flag for me. Um... Because YouTube is a huge source of 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 news for for people like myself. I, I don't watch traditional news networks. I watch 
YouTubers that report on the news and I, I pay attention to like, excuse me, the new pumpkin spice latte is causing some hiccups. Uh, yes, I am white girl basic. Uh, but these topics, you know, war, political conflict, natural disaster, tragedies, uh, the, these are important to be shared. And these are when most people pay attention to like news stories. And if you're going to be a journalist, if you're going to be a news reporter, or even just a social common uh, commentary channel, you need to be able to make your income off of this. And, you know, people will be like, oh, well, that's making income off of tragedy. But it's like, yeah, every news channel, that's the, the genre is they report on the news. They make money off of off of reporting the news stories. But not being able to monetize a video in which you show, you know, the sensitive subject material. It's just kind of batshit ridiculous, especially when they're hypocritical, when YouTube's being very hypocritical about it, because um, one of the major followers or one of the major creators that I have followed for the past 10 years is uh, Phil DeFranco. He runs a channel that is the Philip DeFranco show, uh, SXE Phil, I believe is the the backslash. I haven't used it in forever. I always just click his name. Um, but he he is one of those people that is is being in particularly in particular. Excuse me, I can't even talk today. Affected by this because he's had several videos uh, stripped of their monetization, which is bullshit. Uh, and he pointed out, and I think it's a a huge thing to point out and be and very important is that his video showcasing um, the topic of that Syrian boy that was recently in the news who was pulled from the rubble. He was covered in his own blood. He was sitting in the back of of an ambulance as you know uh, people were trying to get things in order, preparing to treat him. And it kind of just pulled at the heartstrings of everyone, but. Phil's video got demonetized for that, but CNN uploaded a video about it and it's completely advertiser friendly. So there's this real hypocritical behavior that if you are an independent creator or in Phil's case, he's not an independent creator. He is signed with, I believe, Discovery, uh, Discovery Networks. But you lose out on the potential to actually establish, establish yourself as as a career-based social commentator, you know, a news reporter, as where these people, these big companies, you know, advertisers, of course, will, you know, yeah, sure, run videos on this video that CNN is reporting about, you know, war and, and murder and blood and gore. But anyone else? No, 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 no. Which, in relation to this, I find kind of interesting because... A lot of these, uh, a lot of these advertisers that are on YouTube actually have TV spots, and those TV commercials will run on programming that are even more dark than some of the YouTube videos that talk about the subject matter. For instance, I've seen uh, advertisers that have been on on Phil's channel. I'm going to use Phil a lot because he's he's one of the main so uh, sources of information about this whole controversy right now. Is I've seen people that have advertised on Phil's channel, you know, like the 30 second ad before or the little pop-up ad or the side ad uh, that have been on the same, same thing as like criminal minds, which talks about, sorry, I just hit my book. 
they'll advertise during Criminal Minds, which is a program that can get very dark. You know, it can talk about stalking. It can talk about murder, rape, suicide, uh, you know, terrorism. But they feel completely comfortable running an ad on top of that. But God forbid they talk about someone who's either reporting on the news online or you know, there are people who have lived through that. They have lived through the horrors that come with with being human and have have experienced murder. They've experienced, you know, maybe like someone around them got murdered, not that they are a murderer, but, uh, you know, maybe they're a victim of sexual assault or attempted suicide or depression. And, you know, part of being a, a creator on YouTube is being very open with your audience, um, especially if you're like a vlogger or if you are, um, you know, a beauty guru or, uh, a gamer, oftentimes these these channels will have like a separate vlog channel and where people can get to know them uh, on a personal level and kind of see what it's like to be a YouTuber or just to see what their life is like. Um, and a lot of times these people, you know, have experienced real sort of shit in their life. And in order to to share that, you know, it takes some big balls, but they should still be able to make a living off of sharing their life because that's kind of what their job is, uh, which I know a lot of older generation people will not understand. But, you know, that's kind of how uh, artists and introverted people really sort of make a living nowadays is that we don't want to sit behind desks uh, crunching numbers all day. We like to be more, you know, social and I know I'm being introverted and I just said being social, but you know what I mean? Uh, sharing our work through digital mediums allows us to kind of do the thing that we love and, and be able to make a small, small living off of it. Um, or, or sometimes a huge living off of it, but that's extremely rare. Uh, but not being able to talk about that and earn an income it's just it's just kind of shitty, especially when you're allowing these big corporations to have a YouTube channel to talk about the same thing uh, and they get advertising for it. It shouldn't be on a platform that has always been sort of like share anything except for actual pornography. Uh, and then they introduce like share anything you want except for actual pornography uh, and be able to introduce ads so that you can be encouraged to keep sharing content on this website for them to kind of switch and say, Oh wait, by the way, you know, all that stuff that helped build our website and make it culturally relevant. Well, you can't actually make money off that anymore. You can't actually earn an income by talking about these, these topics. Um, sorry. It's just very backstabby. Uh, and I, I wrote down some things that I wanted to talk about, uh, God, I've been saying um a lot. I apologize for that. I wrote down some things that I want to talk about that I've kind of just seen, not only from my personal perspective, but what I've seen on like Twitter and interactions. Um, this whole policy, you know, it really in 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 the grand scheme of things, it affects smaller YouTube you uh, creators more so than big name creators. I mean. I guess, well, in one way, it affects smaller creators more than big creators. And then in another way, 
big creators are more affected than smaller creators, but uh, it blocks kind of the potential for these people to become relevant and build their, their, their company and build their brand and, and, and build a YouTube channel into something more than just, you know, the few subscribers that they have not being able to talk about real subjects and becoming kind of a, a real channel in people's minds is extremely problematic. And for bigger channels, you know, it takes a huge chunk of, of potential revenue from them. Um, you know, but for small YouTubers who are still trying to, to cast their net and try and build an audience and a rapport with them, you know, it kind of takes away some of the incentive to be more honest. And that was something that YouTube was always sort of originally based in. It evolved into something different, but you know, the, the original YouTube was, about being honest with yourself. It was real people sharing real things, real creations, real real art, real interpretations, real commentary. And now to kind of be able to not do that, you know, can 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 deter future content creators f- from sharing that, which is a real bummer because some of that stuff is the most impactful, not just financially, but impactful because it makes a lot of people understand you a lot more and takes away a lot of that relatability. Um, I talked about the, the big companies being able to still share controversial content and still being able to make ad money off of it. Uh, you know, someone on Twitter brought up, will this affect big time musicians like Drake Kanye West, Rihanna, um, you know, sometimes their videos are not safe for work or they have a very dark meaning behind them. Um, sometimes they're more sexually explicit. Sometimes they're more just like graphic, like John, John my little brother brought up uh, Heli Love, Healy Love, um, how they released a video, a music video on the front lines of battling ISIS, like real bombs are going off behind them. Um, would that count as controversial or sensitive subjects? So that, that band couldn't create an income off of that music video, which is really the point of a music video. And, you know, what about, I'm looking at my notes right now and I'm like, okay, I've got news channels, social commentators, Vloggers, filmmakers, who they all talk about this sort of very sensitive material occasionally because that's kind of the point of these channels um, is sharing real experiences and real commentary and real events uh, and, and having people kind of interact with them and react to that and, and creating a community ar- around that. But if you have no incentive to do so, yeah, you know, it becomes a lot harder, especially in today's in today's setting where money is so important to people because money is be- becoming kind of like harder to come by because markets are so saturated and and jobs are are difficult to get. So to be to be online an online creator requires you know a lot more 
openness, a lot more willing to share the bad. But if you're not rewarded for that, the same way that you know these big co- companies are, that's problematic. Now, and I, and I want to bring this up. This is the this is a counterpoint, and this is something that I I firmly believe in. And I, you know, I stated this when Twitter had that whole, I think Milo's his name got banned. I don't know much about that subject other than, you know, there was an issue between him and, and I believe Leslie, uh, I don't know her name. She's the black actress from Ghostbusters. Less dog, I believe is her Twitter handle. Uh, but you know, every platform has the right to regulate what their users are able to share and post, I 150% support that. That every platform has the right to regulate and choose what their users are able to share on their platform because anything that's shared is associated with that brand. And free speech does not apply to social media. That so Free speech applies to like public forums, saying it, you know, in public, going outside of your house and shouting something that that's all free speech. But a social media, a website, which is run by a company, can regulate what their what their users share. And I 100 percent support that. However. Clarity. Is absolutely key. Vagueness is going to open a can of worms and if the rule applies to one person but not an an, another person it doesn't really kind of create this free market of being able to share everything on an on a site that says oh share everything um and and one of the big kind of things that annoys me about this YouTube policy is in a sense it sort of ignores or or turns their back on the creators who have built the website you know provided the content provided the stream of users coming back to the website um these creators are the reason why YouTube even exists with any sort of cultural relevance and to sort of turn your back to turn your back on them is bad business practices it's very insulting and it shows future creators that this company is not there to support you which we've seen several times that the moment that a company sort of turns its back on its on its creators and focuses 100% more towards advertisers that company can implode and people will just be like, you know what? Fine. We'll find another platform to create a business on, to continue our, our work on, um, you know, and that I tweeted out about YouTube and their conception of brand loyalty being skewed. And I say that because I don't think the people at YouTube realize that we, the viewers are not loyal to YouTube, the brand. We are loyal to the creators. 
you know, Philip DeFranco, Jenna Marbles, Shane Dawson, Jacksepticeye, PewDiePie, you know, these these big creators, uh, Joey Graceffa, Miranda Sings, all of these big time creators, we're loyal to them because we have a relationship with them. We don't have a relationship in the way that they think we do with YouTube. If any one of these creators went to another platform, I'd have no problem going to that platform to to watch their content. And I think other people feel the same way because we've done it in the past. You know, YouTubers have achieved success where they had the option to do like books and people went out and made them best-selling authors. They've done movies. They've done commercials. They have done podcasts, much like myself. They have done television. They've done film. Hannah Hart just got a new TV show on, on Food Network. And people have proven time and time again that they will follow their favorite creators from platform to platform. It's why creators have so many followers on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Pinterest. Is that one where you get followers? Twitch. That's another one. So I think YouTube needs to understand that concept of if you push people away, people are going to follow. And yeah, there are going to be new generations of people who who won't follow because they don't, excuse me, they don't necessarily have that relationship with that creator yet. And they'll stick around to, to kind of fuddle around on your, on your platform and find new people. But you risk losing a huge chunk of audiences when you kind of push creators to the side in exchange for advertisers. And I think another thing that we need to ask ourselves during this time is how far is this censorship going to go? You know, when it, when it comes to this, are we not going to be able to create um, um, any kind of video on these subjects? Is it just going to be more 100 layers of blah, blah, blah challenge, more glitter, uh, glitter decorated galaxy shit? Because I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of that crap. If that's that's all that YouTube wants to offer us, then what is the point? You know, I'm I'm here for YouTube tutorials. I'm here for news. I'm here for for personalities. And if those personalities, creators, uh, tutorial providers, if they're going to be censored and they can't share their content the way that they want to be content, uh, the reason the way that they want to share it, which is the reason why I click subscribe in the first place then what's kind of the point? What's kind of the point of them using this website to grow their brand? So I I hope that YouTube will become more clear on what their policies are and they they work hard to eliminate the gray area that comes from from this topic and they they use this moment when people are so upset for their creators for their for their favorite people that they realize that that the loyalty isn't to them it's to the creator and that they should be a little bit more respectful not necessarily respectful they should just be a little bit more 
aware of that. And understand that if you're going to, you, 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 you just can't go full PC. You got to allow some of the hard stuff, some of the dark stuff to be a part of YouTube. And you have to allow people to be, be able to make money on it if you're also going to allow these bigger corporations to make money on it. Otherwise, you're going to kill the potential for the next generation of creators to come in. You're going to kill the, the motivation for current creators to continue doing what they're doing. They're going to try and find other avenues in which they can create sustainable success, and they might move away from YouTube. So I'm... I don't want you guys to overreact. I don't think people should overreact to this, but I do encourage you to be passionate about it. And I do encourage you to be vocal about your concerns and vocal about the issue. Because the more that we talk about it and the more that we ask them to work on it and ask them to review it, the more likely we are to get a positive change because change is going to happen whether we like it or not. Change is an inevitable part, inevitable part of life. And I'm all for for changes on the platform. I'm all for that. But they have to be the right kind of changes and they have to be executed in the right kind of way. And you really have to put in a lot of time to understand that aspect to your company is that when you introduce something that becomes cultural and 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 very relevant to people's daily lives you have to understand that some of what you wanted for your company has to be sacrificed for what the user base wants for what the creators on your platform want and yes i understand that as a corporation youtube wants to make money youtube wants to make a fuck ton of money and i completely support them making money 100% Every company, every person on this planet deserves to make a shit ton of money. But if you're going to change to solely focus on the money, at least be 100% clear about it. Because that way, people don't have to waste their time. They don't have to worry about whether or not their channel is going to get affected they don't have to worry about any of that that kind of crap because that that lull that vagueness that that weight can be more harmful than just saying nope this is the way that we're going to do it from now on and uh yeah so i encourage you to keep talking about it keep listening and keep researching it and just keep pressuring for an answer for 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 further development. And I'll end with this, uh, making this kind of a shorter podcast. But you know, in, in relation to to YouTube, and I, I feel this way about YouTube, I feel this way about people, I feel this way about you know social media, uh, and even about myself, you can love something. So much like a lot of these creators love YouTube. I love being a YouTuber. You can love something so much and still be critical of it. You can still provide critique, real critique, not I hope you fucking die, kill yourself. But I mean, like, hey, this isn't going to work. And here are the reasons why you can be openly critical 
of something you love or a place that you work and still have affection for it, still want it to succeed. And I think as we go through this and we and YouTube starts to change again, which is is okay, is that we just continue to have the kind of relationship where, hey, they can introduce a change, we can introduce feedback, and they go back and they and they re-sculpt and they they reform to make sure that for the most part, people are happy. You're never going to please everyone, and we should never try and, and seek to, to please everyone. But having a relationship where you introduce something, your users provide face uh, feedback, and then you change in accordance with that or provide reasoning why you changed in the first place is a really healthy relationship to have. So I just I just hope things work out for the best. Uh, that we as creator, we as creators, and we as users are are listened to and respected, and given as uh, as much respect and attention as as some of these larger corporations. Um, because even though we may not have the singular gigantic impact that someone like CNN would have, or Phil DeFranco, or you know anyone that even that all of us small small people add up you know and so you have to be kind of conscious of that and just just be conscious of it and be respectful towards it that's that's all i ask and just make sure that if you're going to be a, a platform that's about a share anything sort of platform and then you kind of change the rules that you you got to be careful about it all right that's going to do it for this week's podcast Thank you very much for listening. I know this is a day late. I apologize. Yesterday, I was trying to edit some wedding photos, so I didn't have an opportunity to record or post. Thanks again for listening to the How to Human podcast. My name is Steven, and I will see you next week.